When Samla died, Shaul from Rehoboth on the river. Uh, I don't have the words up on the screen, but I do have the river. So the squiggly thing in the upper, dividing the upper right third of the thing, that's the Euphrates River. And that's what this guy, that's what our author means by the river. So Shaul from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. So uh, a powerful king, but is it really that far away? No, not that far away. And then you have these other rulers um, uh, who come uh, all from Edom taking us, and except for one interesting name, Hadad died, the chiefs of Edom were Timnah, Alva, Jeheth, Oholabama, Elah, Pinan, and so forth. The thing about Oholabama is it was a lady. So, um, so once in a while you get a queen in there amidst all the kings. And it's just worth pointing out that they took the time to let us know that this, who, this is who she was. Anything there about chapter 1? Well, um, the Hebrew manuscripts that we have do have vowels. Um, and the reason the vowels were included is because the Hebrew text, um, when it was written, was, is written, you're right, as a vowelless language. But it was written at a time when everybody knew the names and knew the, knew the account. It would be like as if you ran across a copy of the Gettysburg Address with none of the vowels. Could you still work it out? Yeah. However, would you be confident that your great-grandchildren could still work it out? Maybe not. So you might start writing them in above and below. And that's what we have in our, in our Hebrew manuscripts. That's why we have in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a Hebrew text, you have the dots and dashes above and below the line. And not only that, but also accent marks that tell you where the stress goes on a particular word. So I can be confident that her name is pronounced Oholabama and not Oholipama or something like that. Um, so... Uh, so the, the vowels were added by uh, the scribes called the Masoretes to preserve the correct reading. Um, so we're pretty confident about how, they, how these things were pronounced. Chapter 2 and following. And now all of a sudden we have names that are dead familiar to everybody. These were the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Why are they in that order? Because that's the order of the wives, not the order of their ages. Reuben is the first son of Leah, and then Reuben down to, oh no, it's not exactly right, because Joseph and Benjamin are the same mom. Then Naphtali, Gad, and Asher are two different moms um, but it's, it's close anyway. The sons of Judah, we go right to Judah, by the way. We don't go into all the other tribes, just a couple of tribes. Why would our author want to focus on Judah? Not only the ancestor of Jesus, but of what all the Jews. The modern Jews get their name from Judah. So this, this is the returning exiles. This is their family. So we're going to focus on Judah, and I'll just put it this way, our ancestor. There were a couple of other tribes that were represented by the exiles. They were some Levites, some priests, some people from Benjamin, and some people from Simeon, because Simeon was absorbed into Judah. 
So in the New Testament, do you still find the name Simeon? Yeah, of all the people named Simon. That's that name. So what, uh, which of Israel's, uh, Israel's, which of Jesus' disciples might have Simeonite background? Simon Peter, yeah. So very possible. And then the other Simon too. You have the story here of Ur, Onan, and Shelah. Ur, uh, rather, um, uh, uh, Ur died. Um, Onan was also put to death for his sin. And then Shelah. But skipping over that, um, we go to Judah's firstborn, Ur, was wicked. The Lord put him to death. But then you have these other uh, individuals. Now, um, let me... Uh, yeah, this uh, Canaanite woman. I don't know if she really smoked or not, but uh, there's that Canaanite woman um, who was who, by the way? Tamar was her name. Tamar, Judah's daughter-in-law, bore him Perez and Zerah. Judah had five sons and all, the sons of Perez. And now, because this is the ancestry of the exiles, the returning exiles, we're going to get into all kinds of detail Hezron, Hamul, the sons of Zerah, Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Calcol, and Darda, five in all. The sons of Carmi were Achar, who brought trouble on Israel by violating the ban on taking devoted things. He's not called Achar in his story. He's, this is in the book of Joshua. He's called Achan. But he's the one who, when they destroyed um, uh, Jericho, he swiped some good stuff. And then they found out about it. Then the sons born to Hezron were Jeremiel, or I'm sorry, Jeramiel, Ram, and Caleb. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashan. Do you recognize those names, Aminadab and Nashan? You might, because now we're in the line of the Savior. So in Matthew 1 and Luke 3, these names show up. And Nashan, in particular, is a big deal. Nashan was the leading man of the tribe of Judah at the time of the Exodus. So this is an important consideration here. Nashan, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse. Um, look at the way that these things line up with the books of the Bible here. With Nashan, he was alive during the time of the Exodus and therefore during the writing of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Salmon, his son, is in the book of Joshua. Boaz is toward the middle of the book of Judges. Who is Boaz? Ruth's husband. Then they have Obed. And he's just the one who's born at the end of the book of Ruth. And his son or descendant is Jesse. And that takes us to 1 Samuel. What did I just do? With these five names, I went from Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel. Did I skip anything? No, that's all the books in chronological order, isn't it? So that's what we're doing here with this genealogy. Now, Jesse is the father of Eliab, his firstborn. And then just to read the names, Abinadab, Shemiah, Nethanel, Radai, Ozem, and David. These are David's brothers. And he had two sisters, Zeruiah and Abigail. Is that the Abigail David married? No, it's a different Abigail. 
Um, Zeruiah's three sons were Abishai, Joab, and Azahel. Joab and Azahel show up in the stories of David. They're very important. They're cousins of his. And Abigail was the mother of Amasa, whose father was Jether, the Ishmaelite. We're going to come back to Jether in a little bit. Um, is your head spinning yet? Is it a little bit? We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Caleb, you know when, when, when you're a kid and you go to the county fair and the first ride you go on is a tilt-a-whirl and then you calm down after that and maybe the merry-go-round? You know, that's what Chronicles is. Right now we're on the tilt-a-whirl. We'll get off. It'll, it'll, it, it's okay. We'll go buy a hot dog in a little bit, okay? But right now, Caleb, son of Hezron, had children by his wife Azuba and by Jerioth. These were her sons, <clears throat> Jeshur, Shobab, Arden, and then Caleb married Ephrath, who bore him her. Why is Caleb a big deal? Because that's the Caleb who survived the, the exodus. Caleb and Joshua were the two guys who had been the spies who said, we can do this. <clears throat> her was the father of Uri, Uri the father of Bezalel. Um, it's kind of a curiosity here. I, may, I might even have a note there um, about Bezalel. Um, yeah, he was the master craftsman of the tabernacle. So we've gone back in time uh, to figure out who this guy is. And, uh, and then you have this other man uh, who uh, remarried um, a woman when, when he was 60 and she bore him Segub and the father of Jer who controlled 23 towns in uh, Gilead. Um, more towns are represented here, and Abijah, the wife of Hezron, bore him Asher, the father of Tekoa. Tekoa is an important city because it's a village south of Jerusalem. Tekoa and Bethlehem are where they grew the lambs, grew, raised the lambs for the Passover. Um, one famous prophet is from Tekoa. Anybody happen to know his name? Amos. Prophet Amos came from the village of Tekoa. Um, then we have more names. I'm going to skip over this group. Um, uh, but the sons of Jeramiel, the firstborn. And then Abishar's wife was named Abihail, who bore him these uh, children. But Jether and Sedad in verses 30 and 32 are curious because they both died without children. Um, so uh, uh, Jether and Jonathan. Jether died with no children. Seled died with no children also. They mention it, so they make sure that they've got the line and then where the line stops. So no more descendants from here. Why would you want to do that? Well, maybe to make sure that nobody comes along later and says, I'm this guy's descendant, because we know that he had no children. Um, there's a famous uh, author named L. Ron Hubbard. Do you know that author's name? It's kind of... Fantasy, science fiction, and made up his own religion also. Um, there's a curiosity about him. There was a ship in World War II that, I forget the name of the ship, but it, it got sunk um, in the Pacific with all hands. And almost nobody escaped. A couple of guys are known to have escaped and were tortured by the Japanese and so forth. L. Ron Hubbard claimed to have been a survivor of that ship and the Navy did some digging because he made such a big stink about it. The Navy looked back and said, well, you were in New York in training when that ship sank. 
So they found out that he had never, it was, it was uh, I'm just going to call it a lie among other things that maybe L. Ron Hubbard said. I'll leave it at that. The sons of Jonathan were Peleth and Zahal and Jerahmiel. Now, Shishan had no sons, only daughters. He had an Egyptian servant named Yarha, that's a guy. Shishan gave his daughter in marriage to his servant Yarha, and she bore him Attai. little story about this guy who didn't have any sons, but his daughter got to have the, the inheritance because he married. She, she, she got married off to his uh, servant. And then more about Attai, she's the father of Nathan, Zabad, Elel, another Obed, not the same one, Jehu, Azariah, Helez, Eliasa, um, uh, Sismai, Shalom, Jechemiah, and Elishama. And then we go back to the line of Caleb. And this is going to spin some more. I'm just going to get off the tilt-a-whirl here for a minute. And just notice that in these genealogies, we have this other curious story of the, of the uh, Mahanathites. Half of the Mahanathites came from one guy, um, that is, um, the descendants of Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jearim, which is really a city. And then the other half of that clan came from Selma, who was also the ancestor of Beth, people of Bethlehem and the Tophah, Atroth, Beth, Joab, and half the Manahathites. So they, that, that must have been an intermarriage thing where one side came from one place and one side came from another place and they intermarried. Um, um, that's chapter two. Very, very perplexing chapter. Can we try to dash through chapter three yet? Um, this is David's descendants um, in chapter three and mainly telling us through the names of his children, Amnon, Daniel, Absalom, Adonijah. Um, which of those four names do you not recognize from David's family? Amnon, Daniel, Absalom, Adonijah. Daniel, right? Daniel's mother is Abigail. And uh, Abigail of Carmel, she had that bad husband that, who died in, of a stroke when he found out. Um, their son, Daniel, um, never shows up in the David stories later on, which is a, probably a good thing for him because the sons of David who show up in the David stories, it's never a good deal when the son gets you know, lots of ink. So you just don't want to be Amnon or Absalom or Adonijah, these guys in their rebellions. I think that Daniel probably led a peaceful, quiet life. What a nice guy. Maybe had a cottage somewhere and, you know, married and settled down and okay. But terrible brothers. Um, these six were born to David at Hebron, where he reigned seven years and six months. And then David reigned in Jerusalem 33 years. Um, and these are the children born to him there. But let's just put that together. What's seven years plus 33? 40 years plus six months? 40 years and a half, right? That's the reign of King David. That's how we figure out the reign of King David. 40 years and a little bit. Um, and we have, these are the sons of David, also by his concubines, and Tamar, their sister. There were probably more girls than just Tamar, but she's part of a story, isn't she? That story with Amnon, where she's raped, actually, by her half-brother, and then her brother, Absalom, 
takes vengeance and has to go away and comes back and everything gets out of hand. Then Solomon's son was Rehoboam. Then Abijah his son, Asa his son. I'm going to flip how we read this and put in their dates. Okay? These are the kings of Israel. So from David and his dates, remember 40 years and six months for David? Around 1010 BC to around 970. Then Solomon, Rehoboam. What happened in Rehoboam's day? Well, the kingdom was divided because he was kind of a snotty kid. Then Abijah, Asa, um, that's about the time that the prophet Elijah, Elijah shows up up north, but it's up north, so he's not in Chronicles. Then Jehoshaphat, Elisha shows up in Jehoshaphat's day. Jehoram, um, Jonah shows up in Jehoram's day, which corresponds to Jeroboam II up north. Then Ahaziah and Joash, um, Amaziah, Azariah, whose other's name is Uzziah. And you remember the, the phrase, in the year that King Uzziah died? That's from the beginning of Isaiah. That's this guy. Then Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ammon, Josiah. What happened to King Josiah? He's a good king, but made a bad choice. He got killed in battle with Egyptians. Um, so he didn't have to go, but he went and he died. Then the sons of Josiah, and they line up this way, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakin, and Zedekiah. There are a couple of other sons there, but I wanted you to see the genealogy here of the kings of Israel. And just to note something I pointed out earlier when we were looking at the book of Daniel, is that with the exile, you have three exiles going away into Babylon, and there's always a prophet involved with one of the exiles. Daniel with the first one, Ezekiel with the second one, and Jeremiah almost goes into exile with the third group, but he gets freed and kidnapped and taken to Egypt. But those are the three um, exiles that go off to Babylon. Um, and then you have the descendants of good King Jehoiakim. He was sinful, but the Israelites reckoned their line, the Jews, I should say, from King Jehoiakim. Um, and this is his line. Um, and it gets all the way down to um, the time of the writing of the book and Ezra. Chapter 4 is so odd that I'm going to just run through it quickly. Is your head spinning enough that you can just handle a couple more verses? Um, and uh, we'll uh, 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 just walk through this. Because this is a strange list because it seems to be written kind of upside down and backwards. It's really a giant chiasm, which means that it goes from both directions. So way back to Judah here. Remember Perez? In his lifetime, the world was divided. This is way back before Abraham. Or I mean, shortly after, rather, uh, 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 that time, but... You got, oh, this is the other Perez. I'm sorry, this is the descendants of Judah. But Hezron, Carmi, Hur, Shobal, I shouldn't have uh, outlined that. Uh, but look at the last sentence here. Their sister was named, anybody want to try to pronounce that one? You have to double the Z, so it's kind of Hazelelpony. Or do you want to say Hazelopony? If you want to say Hazelopony, nobody will shake their finger at you. But if your grandchildren are looking for a name for their child, 
Gazella Pony. This list of names is even more uh, uh, sort of stirring and, and kind of backwards, but we do have um, this guy Jabez. I want to cover in the last two or three minutes. Verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. You know anybody whose name is Mr. Payne? We have a street named after Thomas Payne, don't we, here in town? So Mr. she called him Payne. Oh, oh, here's my baby. He's a Payne. Thanks, Mom. Um, so Jabez, Mr. Payne, cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So he, he asks for God's blessing. He asks for God to bless him even more with more territory and keep me from harm so I'm free of pain. And maybe he had physical pain as well, but he asks for God's blessing. He asks in faith and God says yes. This is the prayer of Jabez. So I mentioned it at the beginning of the, of the session here that we would cover it. We've covered the whole thing. But can you imagine somebody wrote a whole book about this particular prayer? And, but I think the intention was, if you pray, you, essentially you can manipulate God into doing things for you. Isn't that a pagan way of praying and handling a divinity? Is if I do this, God will do that? Yeah. Well, um, the, 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 the list, the spinning list of names um, continues uh, now down here. Um, uh, children of Pharaoh's daughter, Bithia, whom Mered had married. That's a curiosity in verse 18 because Bithia is a name that um, they, they, they picked up out of Chronicles and threw back into the Moses story in the movie version of the Ten Commandments. There's a Bithia there. If you remember who she, well, I think, was that even Dame Judith Anderson who played Bithia, the old servant? Um, I think that's probably right. Um, then you have the sons of Hodiah's wife and so forth, and the sons of Shelah, son of Judah, Ur, Laeda, the father of, 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 of Merisha, and the clans of the linen workers in Beth Ashbeah. They must have been good clothing makers. Um, and, uh, and then other names, Jochem, the men of Koziba, Joash, Seraph, who ruled in Moab, and Jeshubi, Lehem. These records are from ancient times. So the author bothers to tell you, I, these are ancient records I'm working with here. And they were potters who worked at Netayim and Gedorah. They stayed there and worked for the king. Um, so this section has nothing else to do with anything in the Bible. But we see an inversion of the list um, that started at the beginning of the chapter. So we have this chiasm that seems to go Sheila to Perez and then down to Hezron. It's a, it's a strange little thing here, but our author, probably Ezra, I'm just going to call him our author, sticks this in to show that there were other people in our group. And then he gets to Simeon, the, the, the brother Simeon, because the Simeonites were absorbed up into Judah and the more famous place in all of Simeon, um, do you see it in the middle there? Verse 28, they lived in Beersheba. So that's the southern part of, of Israel. In the tribe of Simeon lived there, and they were kind of absorbed into the tribe of Judah. Um, 
And the other Simeonites, you see the end of verse 33, they kept a genealogical record. Um, so we, we have their records. It's important to keep these records. And uh, that's how they continue there. Then you have this group at the very end of the chapter um, that went to Gedor and they found rich, good pasture and the land was spacious, peaceful, and quiet. And some Hamites lived there formerly. But these men whose names are listed came in the days of King Hezekiah and attacked the Hamites and settled in their place and there was good pasture for them. Um, I mention this because there's a place near where my ancestors come from in northern Scotland that's also called Gedor. And I kind of wonder if it's named after this spot in Chronicles. Maybe not. But there's a song, The Green Fields of Gedor, that I kind of wonder about. Um, and the, so the list kind of continues. This is the very end of the chapter. They killed the Simeonites. They killed the remaining Amalekites who had escaped. And they have lived there to this day. So the final Amalekites that we know of um, who maybe got away um, are then done away with at the end of the book of Esther. But this chapter of Chronicles ends with the end of the Amalekites in Israel. If you stay with me next time, we'll get to the story very soon. Okay? But um, any, any questions about these four chapters? Do you ever look at family picture albums? Yeah, but I wouldn't remember their names. No, but, but their names are usually written on the back of the pictures, right? Yeah. You know, well, they didn't have the pictures, but they had the names. So it's just, remember, the problem in the book of Ezra is that there are Levites and Jews among us who don't know their ancestry. So can they say that they're part of Israel? And it seems like the whole theme of the book is, are we still God's people? And so he incorporates the names. Where does your family fit here? Um, uh, to show the ones who did know their family that they have a place in, in God's kingdom. Otherwise, could you be brought into Israel? Well, sure, you did it by being circumcised and being brought in and by submitting to the law of Moses. And then after three generations, your family would be considered to be part of Israel. So there was a way, even if you had lost your records, there was a way of getting back in, but it meant you had to kind of go back to go um, for that purpose. But it was something that appealed to them. <clears throat> you know, it was a way of looking at things. I remember sitting in my mother's lap as a child going through picture after picture after picture of people I had no interest in whatsoever, you know, but she wanted to show me all these people, and my grandma too. Um, and, and to this day, guess what? Some of those pictures are hanging on my, on my wall in the hallway in my house, and I make my sons listen to me telling them who all these people are, you know, and I realize, oh, I do it too. We do it. Let's, it, it might not be exactly our cup of tea, but I think we should praise God um, for recording his word this way um, for his people. It was important for them and important, as Mark pointed out at the beginning of the class, because this is also, finally, the line of the Savior. So, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church 
New Wall, Minnesota.